Welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Christina Vragovich. Today our guest is Al Marcella, here to discuss risk management and cybersecurity in the context of legal management. Al will be in Denver, Colorado this April to speak at ALA's annual conference and expo as well. Welcome, Al. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, So let's define some of the key terms in the presentation that you'll be giving at conference. So can you explain for your listeners what comprises risk management versus cybersecurity measures? Sure. Well, let's start with cybersecurity first. It's more broad. Um, basically, cybersecurity is a whole body of technologies, processes, practices uh, designed basically to protect networks, computers, programs, data from attack and damage and unauthorized access. Um, in a computing context, um, security includes both cybersecurity and physical security. And then sub-elements within cybersecurity would be everything from the application security, information security, network all the way through disaster recovery, business continuity planning, and really ultimately even end-user education. Um, And then risk management on that other side of the coin, if you will, is exactly as it says, being able to manage risk throughout the organization and managing that risk to an acceptable level. Uh, That level obviously has to be determined by the stakeholders in the organization's senior management and basically being able to give the organization a good handle on what its risks are, what are the, some of the threats for, uh, that the organization faces, uh, who the threat actors might be, uh, other terms that would be uh, vulnerability assessments and probability, and basically getting a good idea of what are the threats to the organization, where do those threats come from, the vulnerabilities, the ability of the threat to take advantage of the vulnerability, and then ultimately what the impact would be to the organization itself the impact to the organization um, all being at the bottom line and the the kind of overarching um, tool, so to speak, would be to uh, have the organization do a a full and robust uh, business impact analysis, determining the uh, potential impacts resulting from any type of uh, time-sensitive interruption to business practices. So what are some of of the different schools of thought or or methodologies in risk management? Well, um, primarily, the uh, primaries of risk and risk management relative to um, legal practices would be um, three or four strategic areas, certainly information technology, uh, operational and strategic uh, planning. Uh, There's also going to look at uh, practice management, financial areas, and then environmental risks. So um, basically, those areas would form the primary uh, concerns for risk management. As far as frameworks, uh, there's a, a couple of different frameworks that practices can look to. Uh, Carnegie Mellon, uh, their Software Engineering Institute Risk Management uh, Framework, uh, basically looks at uh, providing insights on how to manage risk effectively. It defines key risk management activities, but really doesn't tell you how to perform those activities. It provides a good foundation uh, for a comprehensive risk management uh, program. Uh, National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST, uh, one of our government agencies, cost of government agencies, provides a lot of good um, information for practice management to look at uh, towards a good uh, risk management strategy. Uh, but uh, NIST also covers a, a good degree of cybersecurity risk and uh, best practices for risk management to uh, improving security and resi- resilience of uh, critical infrastructure. And if you want to step outside the framework of the U.S. Uh, domestic, and if you have an international operations, and 
the Australia and New Zealand uh, have an ISO standard 31,000 uh, risk management gives a pretty good uh, general guidelines for developing risk management frameworks and programs. So there's a couple different frameworks out there that um, legal management, uh, firm management can look to to help establishing uh, good risk management policies. So as legal administrators, when our members are putting together these risk management programs, what kind of buy-in is required from different levels of firm management? Do you have any tips on that? Well, I mean, buy-in is extremely important. Uh, senior management and the stakeholders have to be committed to uh, spending the time, effort, energy, and and money to implement good, solid risk mitigation, risk management strategies. Um, it's uh, you know, unfortunate when you look at the, the today's business practices, data are a commodity, and most organizations' legal practices uh, in particular have lots of critical, sensitive data. So protecting those data from a risk management perspective is essential. Um, so yeah, buy-in by management, um, you know, showing commitment, uh, you know, some ideas or something to look for would be showing passion or interest for risk management. So hopefully senior management knows the importance of good risk management, good planning, uh, helps uh, establishing and formulating good risk management policies and objectives. So there's hopefully a, a work group within the firm that's uh, dedicated to looking at risk management policies and objectives and implementing them across the organization, uh, setting targets to improve those risk management practices, uh, going back and periodically reviewing what those strategies are and how are they uh, attuned to the ongoing practice and practice management. And I think overall, uh, senior management and stakeholders certainly committed to uh, ongoing continuous improvement in the risk management. As technology changes, the need to have better internal controls and better risk management policies and practices are, are paramount. I think you know when you asked about some tips, um, I would ask uh, some senior. I would ask some specific questions of management, and depending on the responses, uh, one can determine um, what the impact of the organization might be and their commitment to good management strategy, risk management. Things like questions like. Um, well, first and foremost, has uh, firm management identified the uh, potential business risks to the organization? So what would be the top uh, five, top ten business risks to the organization? Um, the likelihood or consequences of those risks being realized to the firm? And uh, then what the uh, impact might be to the firm from its uh, reputational damage or competitive uh, position in the marketplace? And we look at risk from a financial perspective, a legal perspective, and potentially loss of customer confidence. So if those um, business risks were to be uh, actuated and those risks would come into fruition, what would, uh, what would be the impact of the organization? Uh, has the firm established controls to manage these significant business risks? And uh, do they provide a, 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 control, a culture for, for controlling the risks? Answering no to any of those questions um, uh, may be in, indicative of the firm facing uh, potential exposure and, and potential uh, risk itself to ongoing operations. So those are you know, basic tips uh, that I would ask uh, at the get-go of, of senior management to try to kind of assess their position on risk management and exposure to potential risks. So what are the, some of the key questions that our members should be asking regarding legal or regarding risk management practices that already exist within their firms? Well, I think right off the bat, uh, one of the questions that needs to be asked and uh, determined is just uh, from a senior executive perspective, um, looking across the organization, what's the organization's appetite for risk? Um, and, uh, you know, 
what, what are they risk-taking? Are they risk-adverse? Uh, what's their appetite for risk in the pursuit of building that stakeholder value? Um, are risk management and risk governance uh, policies and procedures uh, clearly defined at all the organizational levels? What's management's reaction uh, to uh, risk? Do they have a incident management planning programs? Uh, what would be the implications of the organization if business operations were to cease uh, for any length of period of time? Uh, could they still maintain ongoing operations? Does the, does the firm have a uh, risk assessment framework that's uh, been customized to its internal operations looking across all the uh, critical organizational structure. Um, other questions that come to mind, um, basically from an internal controls perspective, do, does the organization have a solid internal controls evaluation process? Um, and from an IT perspective, specifically looking at IT controls, internal audit controls, uh, specifically controls that might be designed to um, mitigate any of the risks that have been identified back earlier as we spoke about that business impact analysis, uh, what risks have been identified and what controls might exist to mitigate those. And then certainly from a reporting perspective, um, one needs to identify a specific uh, risk matrix uh, and then um, the risk metrics within that matrix. What are, how do we evaluate these risks? Um, and do we align the mitigation of risks to the uh, strategic objectives of the organization? And, uh, basically, at the end of the day, um, being able to communicate findings to senior management and getting that senior management buy-in to spend the time and effort and naturally spend the, the, some of the money necessary to uh, mitigate the risks to that acceptable level. And uh, acceptable level not only to the stakeholders, but then also to their constituents and clients as well. So, what are the most significant business risks to the firm's principal assets, the firm's clients, and the lawyers themselves that legal administrators should be aware of or be on the lookout for? Well, you know, in preparing to talk with you this morning, um, I read a really interesting article from uh, Malcolm Mercer. It was in Law Practice uh, Journal back in uh, 2010, but um, he had a really good approach. I, I have to concur and agree with him when he looks across the law practice um, and he, in his article on a systematic approach for law firms um, and really looking at and tying this to our conversation this morning on risk management. He identified two areas that I think are, are primary, and, and this is a good focus for uh, the folks uh, listening today. The risks associated, first of all, with clients is one of the big areas um, certainly that a firm has to be concerned with. And when you look at risks associated with clients, that can be broken down in a couple of different areas. You have claims risks. Uh, so client, clients may you know, look at professional negligence or fiduciary duty claims seeking compensation. So there's some claims risk. Um, departure risk. Uh, there's a risk that a good client uh, will leave the organization, so another kind of risk associated with our client base. Uh, credit risk, dissatisfied or unhappy clients are much li less likely to pay their bills, so there's a risk that's a business process risk. So again, but still has an impact on day-to-day -day operations. And then uh, under that category of risks associated with clients, then the, the last one would probably be something like a, a conflicts risk. You know, if you serve client A, that then may preclude you from uh, servicing client B or accepting business from client B, which you know, would be a conflict, but then it certainly has an impact on practice management. 
And the second big category that um, I would concur with is uh, risk for the firm across the board would be then risks associated then with the, the lawyers themselves, uh, the attorneys, uh, professionals themselves. Um, so even and and that breaking down to attorneys to our, our existing current current attorneys, uh, current lawyers, even the uh, most experienced lawyers, uh, you know, may have performance risks, um, may fail to practice at the the level required or expected of them. So from a performance perspective, uh, arriving attorneys or arriving lawyers, um, again, it may not be what he or she. Um, Appears to be character, expertise. Uh, certainly, everyone brings uh, previous baggage with them, and uh, from you know uh, previous assignments, previous firms. So even due diligence in, in the interview process may or may not identify uh, potential risks with uh, new members being brought into their firms. And then lastly, uh, if you look at the life cycle, I guess, from a professional career, uh, we have the current or arriving attorneys. You have then uh, our departing colleagues, our departing attorneys so the, who are departing the firm. So um, if not adequately planned for from a risk management perspective, you certainly have a potential loss of institutional knowledge. And uh, that can um, be significant to firms uh, when an attorney is uh, going to retire or departs the firm and he or she takes some um, significant um, expertise, domain knowledge uh, with them. And if that can't be compensated for uh, with uh, the existing team, that's a significant gap. But also, um, you know, we may have... Um, Impact on client relations. Uh, if one attorney leaves, uh, clients may leave with him or her. And then uh, potential of um, attorneys that are departing that may um, may take uh, inadvertently uh, even confidential information with them. So those type of risks have to be mitigated as well. So in, you know, in summary, then um, two major classifications of uh, risks that uh, practice management may be uh, you know, more attuned to risks with the uh, associated with clients, and then risks associated with the uh, business professionals within the firms themselves. Al, thank you so much for being here. It's been great speaking with you. Thanks for taking the time, and thank you to our listeners and subscribers. You can learn more from Al Marcella in April at ALA's annual conference and expo in Denver, Colorado. That's April 2nd through the 5th. Read all about what's new at the 2017 conference and register to join us there at alanet.org slash conf17. That's alanet.org slash conf17. Until next time. 